Welcome to another edition of the Word of God. This week we'll be looking at the second Sunday of Advent. We began the first Sunday of Advent last week. And remember, Advent is the beginning of our liturgical calendar. It's not the beginning of the new year, of course. That's January 1st. The beginning of the liturgical calendar is four Sundays before Christmas. And a Christmas, as you know, is a movable date, meaning it's not always on a Sunday. It moves throughout the year, every year. It moves every year, and we celebrate Christmas on that particular date. Epiphany's like that too, but Easter is not a movable date. Easter Easter is a movable date, but it's always on Sunday. Uh, it's never a identified day. So the identified day for Christmas is December 25th. For Epiphany, it's January the 6th. And of course, for Pentecost and for Easter, two important days in Trinity Sunday, those are all movable dates. All Saints Day is November 1st. So this year, 2020, we celebrated uh, All Saints Day at All Saints on a Sunday. But again, it is always on Uh, November the 1st. So we are now in the second Sunday of Advent, and we are continuing our study of three uh, particular books. Uh, Isaiah. Now, we'll be in Isaiah a long time. Isaiah uh, is a 66-book prophetic, uh, extraordinary prophetic book uh, from the prophet Isaiah, about 700 B.C., and um, has lots of messianic scriptures to it, very important scriptures. Isaiah 9, Isaiah 11, uh, Isaiah 53, to name just a few. And we'll be looking at First and Second Thessalonians. We were looking at First Thessalonians last week. We'll be finishing First Thessalonians and looking at Second. And then finally, we'll be looking at Luke 21 and 22. So, let's dive into Isaiah, and we begin with Isaiah 5. And again, I hope that you have a good time of reading during this Advent season. Uh, I am, of course, doing the same thing along with you in reading the lectionary readings on a daily basis. Each morning, wake up early and read the lectionary readings, the three readings and the psalm, a couple of psalms if you want to add in the Psalter. And just get, a again, a beautiful way to start your day, start your morning. Perhaps, for some of you, you might want to listen at the end of the day and enjoy that. Um, just listening to the scriptures, and, or reading the scriptures, letting them meditate uh, your soul, touch your soul, uh, meditate upon them, think about them. It's a, actually a wonderful way to end the day. Um, probably something I should think about doing one day, right? What a wonderful way to end the day by having Scripture on your mind. Isaiah chapter 5 is where we start today on Sunday. And that's a a wonderful um, prophecy about the um, vineyard of the Lord. Verse 1, Let me sing for my beloved my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it and cleared cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it, and he hewed out a wine vat in it, and he looked for it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. 
And then he begins to look about his vineyard and the importance of the vineyard. And um, he says, the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel. Guess who the vineyard is? It's Israel. And actually, Jesus makes references um, to the vineyard uh, in his uh, teachings uh, in the New Testament. And so, in um, Isaiah, on days Sunday and Monday and Tuesday, we are looking at this chapter, which is talking about the vineyard and Israel. Verse 13, therefore, my people go into exile for lack of knowledge. So the knowledge of the Lord is a very important thing that you want. Man is humbled, verse 15, and each is brought low, and the eyes of the haughty are brought low. But the Lord of hosts is exalted in justice, and the holy God shows himself holy in righteousness. Woe to those who call evil good, verse 20, and good evil. Boy, that's a great line. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitters for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. Woe to those who are heroes at drinking wine and valiant men and mixing strong drink. And he goes on and on. Again, as you're reading the scriptures, you want to think about context at that time. If you have a study Bible, it's always good to look at some of those notes. They'll, they'll help you. Uh, they're more simplified, but they sometimes give you a good overview of the text. If you're just reading the text as it is, look for ways for God to speak to you. Look for ways for God to speak to you personally, besides the beautiful language and what he's telling Israel or an individual or a people at that time. Okay? Then we go to, so enjoy Isaiah chapter Five. Now, Isaiah chapter 6 is quite extraordinary because it's Isaiah's vision of the Lord. And it's very profound. You could read this your entire life. And it talks about the holiness of God and the greatness of God, which is an awesome thing. So this might be one of those scriptures where you are aware of it and you note it in your Bible. Verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and at the house, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips." And I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. If you ever had a vision of God, if you ever had a relationship with God in that you saw him and he had, he revealed himself to you, I'm thinking of Job 38 when he revealed himself to Job at the end of that long journey that Job was on to try to figure out why God had done what he had done to him. Then one of the seraphim, angel, flew to him, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. God keeps his word. God needs us and calls us to be his messengers, 
to be his ambassadors, to be his people. And so he says, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Who will be sent? Now, already in these verses, there's so much here. Who will go for us? And then he says, here am I, send me. And so Isaiah is sent to speak the word of the Lord. I, as a priest in the church of God, have been sent to preach the word of the Lord, to teach the word of the Lord, to disciple others in the word of the Lord. You have been sent, I'm sure, in some way, fashion, to share the gospel of the Lord, to share the word of the Lord. Who is willing to go? And I hope all of us will say, here am I, send me. Chapter 7, Isaiah is sent to King Haziah. Ahaz, I'm sorry, Ahaz, not Uzziah. Uzziah is in chapter 6, Ahaz in chapter 7, and Ahaz is not a very nice person. And the key verse there is verse seventeen, uh, verse 14, which is quoted a lot. Uh, and again, this is a messianic um, scripture. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin, virgin, vir, virgin, virgin, virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. Of course, that is what Matthew writes in his gospel about Jesus. So here's a prophecy, 700 BC, about Jesus Christ being born to a virgin. And of course, that virgin's name was Mary. Mary famously bears the child. And then in chapter 8, we have that reading on Saturday. So enjoy chapter 5, 6, 7, and 8 of Isaiah. Read it slowly. Read it carefully. Lots of good theology. Lots of great learning. Lots of uh, wonderful words from the Lord for all of us. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. There are five chapters in 1 Thessalonians and three in 2. So let's look at chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians. Very good uh, word given to us. Verses 1 through 11 about the day of the Lord. When is the day of the Lord? The day of the Lord is going to come. When is the second coming? When is Jesus coming back again? What's he going to do when he comes back? And they were concerned that people were alive and they were concerned about the people that died what would happen to them when the lord comes and the answer is very simple the dead in christ would be raised first and then those that are alive will follow them now concerning the times and the seasons brothers you have no need to have anything written to you for you yourselves are fully aware chapter 5 verse 2 that the day of the lord will come like a thief in the night while people are saying there's peace and security then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains will come upon a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But you are not in the darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. Brothers and sisters, those listening to me, those reading these great scriptures, you are not in the darkness. You should not be caught unawares. You should be ready for the coming of the Lord. You and I need to be prepared for when he for when he comes for us. You are children of the light, children of the day. We are not of the night or the darkness. We walk in Christ. We walk in the light. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. Let us be sober. I love that idea. Sober-minded, clear thinking, thinking well, no confusion. Listening to the Lord, knowing what he said, not being confused by the world, the flesh, and the devil. 
hearing God, not having anything mentally happening to you that you're overwhelmed or hearing different voices, but you hear the word of the Lord. Be sober-minded. For God has not destined us for wrath, verse 9, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. So what we want to do with this Word of God podcast is we want to encourage you in the Lord. We want you to be free in Christ. We want you to have the liberty that and the freedom that Christ only can give you. That we want you to walk in the light. We want you to be a city set on a hill. We want the Word of God to permeate your very being. And in the second half of chapter 5, he's giving us instructions on how to live together. For example, we urge you, brothers, verse 14, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Isn't that great? What if we were all, no retaliation, no revenge, no avenging ourselves, no repaying anyone evil for evil, always seeking to good, do good to one another and to everyone. Isn't that, wouldn't that be great? And then he continues, Verse 22, abstain from every form of evil. What if everybody did that? Abstain from every form of evil. Verse 19, do not quench the spirit. And then he finishes 1 Thessalonians, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And of course, we ask for God's grace. In 2 Thessalonians, we are talking very much about the judgment and about the man of lawlessness and about how to survive the man of lawlessness the person that goes against God. And so the judgment is going to come. They're still talking about the judgment. They did that in 1 Thessalonians. We're going to do that a little bit more. In verse 16 of chapter 2, Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word. Now that's a fabulous scripture. Now what I do, what I like to do, is I like to write down um, phrases and scriptures that I really like, that are instructive and things I need to learn on a um, little note card. And I write it down. And when I go through my readings, I'll get that note card and read that scripture. It's very, very helpful. Also helpful to remember the scripture. So we pray that God would give each of you eternal comfort, good hope, comfort your hearts, establish them in Christ. Okay. He warns against idleness very famously in chapter 3 about not about working and not working. Very very famous scripture. Verse 13 of chapter 3, do not grow weary in doing good. Oh boy. Keep doing good people, keep moving forward. Again, as you're reading these scriptures in Isaiah 5 through 8 and 1 Thessalonians 5 through 2 Thessalonians which has three chapters. Let God speak to you. I'm just picking out different scriptures that have spoken to me. Now, may the Lord of peace himself, verse 16 of chapter 3, give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with you all. May the Lord himself give you peace at all times, in all ways, in every way. Isn't that great? What a great prayer for people that God of peace would give you and me peace at all times in every way, in every way that it can happen at all times. So it's not conditional. It's not a certain time of the week or a certain day or a certain instance or a certain context. It's at all times 
in every way. The Lord be with you all. And then, of course, he finishes in verse 18 again. One of my favorite words in the Bible, grace, charis, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And that's ultimately what we need. We need God's grace. Now, mercy is good to have too. And sometimes we get justice. Now, justice is a tough thing, particularly if we're wrong. So then we ask for mercy. But in my view, even greater than mercy, although mercy is fabulous, is grace. That unmerited favor, that unmerited action of God upon us. So we pray that all of you are established in grace. Luke chapter 21. And we go to our gospel reading, which is we've been in Luke for a long time. 21 through 22:38. So that's our readings for the week. So 20 is he foretells the destruction of Jerusalem. He talks about Jerusalem being destroyed. Remember, Jesus is prophet, priest, and king. So he has a prophetic ministry. He has a priestly ministry. He has a kingly ministry. He is a king. In fact, in Revelation 19, he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords, but he's also prophetic. He talks about being the, the coming of the Son of Man. Again, another beautiful prophecy from 25 to 28. And then he tells them a parable about the lesson of the fig tree. And then he tells us to watch ourselves. So, again, how important it is to read the Bible, how important it is to read the words of Jesus, how important it is to take these words, to think about them, to pray about them, to reflect upon them, to see what God is saying to you so that it'll help your life, it'll embolden you, it'll give you courage, it'll give you faith, it'll give you confidence, it'll give you boldness. It will instruct you in the path that you're to take. But look what he says. Watch yourselves, verse 34 of 21. Lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day will come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. I love that scripture, 2136. To stand before the Son of Man. After everything has taken place, you're standing you are confident in Christ. You have been faithful to Christ. Christ has been faithful to you. You stay awake. You escape all of these things that are going to take place, and you're standing before the Son of Man. I love that. Chapter 22 is about the death of Jesus. Okay? The plot to kill Jesus. Judas agrees to betray him. That's how they're going to get him. Somebody's got to turn him in. The people liked him too much. So they couldn't go out there and just arrest him straight out. So they had to do it at night in the cloak of darkness. And Judas is the one that turned him in, as all of you know. Then he eats with his pass, uh, with the disciples at the Passover because they're celebrating Passover that week. So there's a tremendous amount of people in Jerusalem at the time to celebrate Passover, a very important feast day. He institutes the Lord's Supper, which I'm very partial to as I'm sure you know, as a priest in the church, Lord's Supper is very, very important. Take this and divide it among yourselves, for I tell you from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Verse 18, this is my body, which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant of my blood, in my blood. All right. And so Judas turns him in. And then they ask him, who's the greatest? Who's the greatest? Uh... And of course, 
We pray for humility, all of us. We pray for humility. Lord, give us humility. Please give us humility. And then at the end, on Saturday, chapter 22, 31 to 38, Simon, Simon, behold, I love this scripture, Satan demanded to have you, chapter 22, verse 31, that he might sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. So Jesus did not prevent Satan from attacking him. Instead, he prayed for him that he would survive, that his faith would not fail. Isn't that interesting that Jesus prays for Peter? Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, but I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Wow, Jesus praying for us. And Satan wanted him, but he could only go so far. And as you know, Peter denied him and wept wept bitterly. And he tells Peter, you will deny me three times. And so in this text in Luke, we're looking at the dramatic betrayal of Christ, his time with the disciples. And then of course, he turns himself in and is crucified on a cross. And so there we go for second advent, much to think about beautiful scriptures in Isaiah and first and second Thessalonians. And finally, in the gospel of Luke. May the Lord bless your reading and your quiet time, your meditation time, and your learning. May God show you something new and something fabulous that will strengthen your spiritual life and bring you comfort and peace. God bless you. See you next week for the Word of God.